one of the oldest breweries in the U.S. Really? Shelters? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. If you, and, like, their new cans, they have, which I'm still, I don't know what I think about their new cans, but it's got the brewery on there. So super old. Hmm. It's awesome. And then there's, like, a mansion. There's, like, Shell's Mansion, and they have, well, they had a stag. They have, like, deer mm-hmm. in the back. Um, kind of, it's kind of sad. They're like caged up, but they used to have like the shells stag, and some some person came in and shot it one. What? <laughs> what? It was like a tragedy in New Orleans. <laughs> Someone just shot, came in and shot, shot the stag. the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Joe, episode two. And this is the episode we're going to talk about conversion. Yeah. Big word, like you you, you closed us off saying last time, you said it's a big, deep topic. Yeah. And uh, I guess I, I'd like to open up the door to you. Tell me what, what comes to your mind and heart when you reflect on the word conversion. What does it mean to you? Yeah. No, I think of, uh, I think of a lot of things. Um, but maybe just specifically now within the Catholic context, just metanoia, you know, like the good Greek word Mm -hmm. for, well, tied to repentance too, but just like the Mm -hmm. turning, the turning around of sort of, um, one's will or spirit or like a change of heart or change of mind. Metanoia, and you said that's Greek. Yeah, metanoia. Yeah. So, could you break? Could you break down that word word a little bit? Because you Uh, took Greek. You took Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to say meta is like when you know, like you think of like metaphysics. Yeah. And the the only reason they called it metaphysics, it was it was like the thing that came after physics, like or the thing that was beyond physics. Mm Yeah, it's a prefix and it's like a preposition, you know, like in Greek, the the prepositions become prefixes, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it does. It does. Anyways, and I want to say noia. What does noia mean? It it might come from the word spirit or or knowledge, but I I don't think so. I don't I don't know. I would have to see. Yeah, like gnosis, you know, but I don't think it is because I don't think it has the. The gamma in it. anyways oh sure whatever anyways but it's <laughs> just a, it's a good it's a know. good word it's a good word you know like a turning around of of the soul specifically when we're talking about faith because hmm. um, i think you can have that sort of turning of the mind but when it's connected to the turning of your heart i think it's when it gets really meaningful you know yeah and i guess what sticks to me out about that is the the mention of the the heart versus the mind because to me, the heart communicates something just a little bit different. I don't entirely know how to communicate the domains of the heart, but usually I think when we do talk about it, we there's something a little bit more affective, but also like a little bit more comprehensive and holistic about it. Not just like something you're pondering up in your rational yeah, mind, exactly. but yeah. something that kind of takes hold of you. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is something we didn't get to in the last podcast, but I think it's kind of important that I think that kind of plays into the meaning of the, the, the significance of the name uh, we chose for this podcast, Drop In Eight. So eight, obviously, that's connected to the, the eight people we're hoping to interview, yep. the eight converts. But the, the drop in, aside from just 
being similar to drop out just like my the previous podcast again subtle uh, subtle pitch for the <laughs> previous podcast it's about discernment check it out <laughs> drop out seven while also being kind of associated in sound with that mm-hmm. i was thinking well what does it mean to drop in to me it break that down you you're in something so there's something you're you're entering something you're being welcomed to which obviously that kind of connects with uh, with the heart and mm-hmm. a changing of your direction changing of your life and walking in a new a new path a new way so that's the in part but then the drop sometimes we think about the the term falling in love in a sort of uh, a cheaper a little kiddish way but i i kind of like to think about the idea of conversion itself as a sort of falling in love with mm-hmm. with something with someone ultimately we would we would say as catholics falling in love with with truth himself with god and yeah, it just takes hold of you. It changes you. It changes your it does, person. Yeah. An encounter with something truly beautiful. And really, that's what I'm excited to hear about in all the different people's yeah. interviews is how they've been changed by meeting meeting God, falling in love with him in a, a specific way. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're super on, especially with what you said in, in the beginning. Because I think there's a lot of people who've, they've understood. I don't know if you've, you've heard of like some, like some intellectuals who, really understand the Catholic faith and respect it, but they haven't actually made the move of the heart. Hmm. So you can like, like you said, cognitively sort of assent to, you know, that's like a good worldview. That's the, that sort of Christian Western tradition is really the epitome of life and how to live and still not convert your heart. Like you said, towards Hmm. love of Christ, you know, and, and to really move your heart in that direction. Which I think is what actual conversion is, right? It's not, like you said, it's not just like a, I'm intellectually piecing it out. Yeah. No, and I, I think that, that takes a conversation the even deeper path too, because it brings up the whole idea of passivity and, and action at the same time at work in, in conversion. Because when I think about the, when I think about like more of the passive end of things, I think of St. Paul, obviously, and his story is pretty, pretty fantastic, pretty grand. I don't think most people undergo conversion quite like he does. Yeah. But there's a moment where he just, it's hit, it hits him and he's, he's struck blind. He goes to the city and it, like you hear in his, you, you read, you read in here in church, in, in church you hear about his understanding of what he's received. And it, it, not only is it a reception, but it's like, wow, I was completely unworthy of this. God has chosen me. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that I somehow figured something out, but like God is actively seeking me out. And so there's there's that aspect that we need to hold up lest we be Pelagians, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> people that think we can somehow, I don't know, merit or earn or achieve salvation that is on our own, you know, without grace. But yeah. then there's sometimes we can go too far with that, too, and ignore the fact that conversion takes work. Mm-hmm. Conversion takes a lot of work. Sometimes, yeah, the not denial of self putting in time, reading and listening and patience. And just being uncomfortable, you know, like, yeah, like exactly. You you have to challenge yourself. It's easy to not put in the work and it's work, you know, it's, and it's good work. It's fulfilling, but it's true. Yeah. And, and I think about, I think about there's this painting of Jesus knocking at the door and it's, it's super, it's, it's, it's almost like eerie looking. The palette's like if somebody tried to paint 
like the swamp creature. Remember those old movies, like with the swamp creature, the creature <laughs> from the Black Lagoon or something. It's like this palette is very like eerie looking, and it's very dark painting, and it's like Jesus, and he's crowned, I think, and he's got this lamp, and he's knocking mm-hmm. on the door, and and it symbolizes, you know, like the Holy Spirit, Christ, and Christ, they come to the door and they knock. And you, you sort of have to open that door, hmm. right? And opening the door, it can be a lot of different things. A participation. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and for Protestant ears, right, that might sound difficult, but yeah, God wants our, wants our yes, you know, mm-hmm. um, fiat. but he comes to us, you know, he comes to us in his grace. Yeah, and I think Thomas Aquinas would even say he he's the one who gives us the grace to say yes too. Yeah, it's not that it's not that somehow God is just you know playing puppet with us the whole way, and there's nothing that He asks of us, whatever you know, whatever capacity we have to respond, cooperate. It's I mean it's hard to even talk about that and put words on it, mm-hmm. but while that's a thing, while we are asked, there's something asked of us, and our the consequences of our choices are meaningful, and they're they're meaningful for eternity. Mm-hmm. We have to also realize that like we're being held in existence by God. Everything possible that we could receive or uh, see or say or do, like it, it's made possible through God and his movements as well. So mm-hmm. it's for the Catholic lens, it's a both and thing. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery, obviously. Yeah. But I, I think that's where the Orthodox come in well. And they just, there's a lot of mystery, you know, sometimes you just can't explain it. So maybe just embrace the mystery and the beauty of of what God does, you know, but I, again, I like what you said about, about work. It's just about, you got to get uncomfortable. I think there were a lot of saints who were converts. They said I've read about or heard about, you know, and it's like, it's that scary truth of like, this is something. And if it is what I think it is, it's terrifying in the, in the regard of like, I have to give myself to this fully. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to do the work up until that point. You know, whether you're a convert from another faith, Christian faith background or or especially, you know, I can imagine not being a Christian coming into the the complexity of it all. But yeah, or, but it's a beautiful thing, though. It'd be amazing. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Or we're, a lot of what our conversation so far is, uh, is revolved around is actually not even necessarily a switching from like one faith tradition or one uh, practice of religion to another as much as just the daily ongoing call to conversion, yeah. the metanoia, the change, the, the greater configuring of our souls to, to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's so important because when we hear the word convert, we might think, well, convert just means one who undergoes conversion. No, actually it doesn't because that's all of us. Mm-hmm. In, if that's all it took, then we'd all Christians and non-Christians, cradle Catholics, non-cradle Catholics alike, we'd all be considered converts. Yeah. That's why the, the word conversion always hits a little weird for me, you know, because recently, as of today, a convert to Catholicism, right? Woo-woo! But it's always, it's always struck me weirdly because, be, because I don't ever feel like I converted necessarily, mm. you know, you know what I mean? It feels like, it feels like it's meant for, from non-Christian to Christian. Mm. And I know it's not, that's, that's like a me thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a step-by-step process for everybody. And it just it just it seems like a, a something we should categorize altogether different when it's like a measurable state of being uh, Protestant to Catholic or uh, being atheist to professing uh, belief in God. Mm-hmm. And because those are big things, yeah, maybe we should use words like convert just to refer to 
those who, but I guess for the sake of the podcast and for understanding what we're, we're dealing with, that's, it's worth talking about. No, I think that a- we're absolutely. all, we're all meant to be converts. Yeah. Well, but, and then just to put into a plug, just to put a plug into the, you know, the old, the old Protestant in me, I think Martin Luther, <laughs> Martin Luther had just talked about it in a cool way. And I don't think, cause I think it, Thomas Aquinas talked about it in this way too. Um, and I don't remember where I heard, but there was some similar like verbiage of like every day is, is a return to your baptism, right? Mm. Where you're, you're continually fighting the old man and us, the old Adam that we, mm. like he would say that you continually drown through your baptism every day. And that's an everyday thing where I wake up and I, I have to return to my baptism in that conversion way of like, I've got to fight the old Adam every day, you know, Yeah. Where, where the new man can come in through that. Like you said, um, like you said, so well, like, yeah, every day is a conversion is a metanoia because it's tough. Yeah, it's we want to go the opposite way, even when we have been converted already. Hmm. Yeah. But that's what, that's the stuff that makes life an adventure. Huh? Yeah. There's a challenge, even if not around us in the world to, to face or to battle, to point fingers at it, to try to slay. No dragons out there. Well, there's a lot of dragons inside. Yeah. And they need to be faced too. They do. I guess one one more thing uh, I think is worth talking about in regards to the the setup or the the display of this this podcast in regards to the the word conversion is the picture we chose or the, the picture I kind of chose. I just It's okay. I, I basically just said we're going <laughs> to use it, Joe. <laughs> it's, you know, the the paraglider and into the sunset, you know, it's very majestic. No, yeah. I, I kind of chose it because I like the color, but also the vintage feel of it. But also because the um, the paraglider to me is, I think it's just a cool symbol of what what we all are in our in our journeys of faith. Maybe specifically converts, so because before you can paraglide, you can fly. You actually have to like you have to climb up to the height. So maybe there's some there's some work involved. But ultimately, there's a, there's a letting go. A dropping into the arms of God, just a surrendering of your your whole life to the care of the wind. And there is no flight unless you make that drop. We cannot fly, at least with a paraglider, and in this analogy, unless we leave our own strong two feet and fall into God's arms. And... You're floating on grace the whole way. Yeah. It's it's grace that's keeping you suspended. And yeah. you still got to hold on. And, you, I mean, God wants you to, you need to climb up to the heights. The more that you're able to to give him in terms of your nature and your discipline, the virtues, all those things, grace is going to build upon that. It's going to be able to take you further. Yeah. It's an analogy. They all it's fall an apart. It's an analogy. No, I like it. Carried by the, the breath of God. I was going to say breath and spirit are the same word. In Greek? In Greek. Well, spiritus, you know, if you were thinking Latin, I think could be used for wind or or breath or spirit. Mm. Well, Joe? Yeah? Does anything else occur to you about conversion? Anything we think, think it's just it, worth talking about before we actually start sitting down and having these conversations with? Yeah, no, I think it was good. Again, it's big. You could talk about that forever. I yeah. Think. I think that was it's a good good setup though. Good to just hash out some things yeah. on our end to just talk about it and yeah, so prepare ourselves to enter into becoming conversations a little bit more mm-hmm. receptively, more fully. Yeah. Well, hey, praise be to God. 
Let's close with glory be to the Father, and to, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.